0: Welcome to the Fields of Fantasy podcast, hosted by Hestel and Ed.
1: Welcome in once again to the Fields of Fantasy podcast.
0: We're here for your week 11 preview. How are we, Ed? Week 11? Week 11. Week 11. That is scary. Yeah, I'm very well. Enjoyed the NFL action. Did not enjoy the Bengals result, but all good apart from that.
1: No, I didn't enjoy some results either, but I'm sure we'll get on to that later on. It was big points on offence this week, wasn't it? It seemed like there was. I'm sure you've got some stats for me, Mark. No. Liar. Liar. So, defences have dominated over the last few weeks, really a lot in the conversation as well. But there were some really, really close games this week. So, six games, including yesterday's game, so we're recording on a Tuesday. So, including Broncos' Bills, were settled on a game-winning field goal. So, some really close games. Really exciting games. One of those exciting games was not held in Germany because that
0: was a very boring what, game. They lulled us, didn't they? It was like, oh, the first two drives, you were like, oh, this might yeah. be... And then it was punt, 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 punt. Yep. It was horrible. It was a, a tedious game to watch, but it was for us
1: English fans, it was an extra bit of NFL action in sure, the afternoon. Yeah. I'm sure to any American listeners, it was an inconvenience to have to have got yourself up that early to watch such a tediously boring game. So I've already alluded to those big points, but the big points were really, really well spread out. So I was expecting to see a whole host of big scorers, so I had a little filter through. Six players had 30 plus points, no running backs though this week, which is a rarity for a mm. big scoring week. 29 players with 20 plus points and 61 with 15 plus points. Turns out it's bang average. Oh. So actually when you then go down, you saw that the number of players above 10 points was then significantly higher and I couldn't bother to keep looking through that a lot of scores made on defence a lot of players wouldn't usually score and that's all they did getting points as well but yeah well spread points this week so as that bit of research didn't go the way I wanted it to to give us some information this week instead for our opening bit of information I've done a rookie check-in mm. five top scoring rookies for
0: fantasy this year Ed R are... go top scoring uh, Puka
1: Puka is number two
0: Um, With 159.1 points. That's his total. Okay. Um, I'm guessing even though he's not been quite as electric as we hoped, Bijan is in there. Bijan is fourth. We're doing well. Fourth. Uh, I've got to say his name after he kind of uh, ruined my weekend. CJ Stroud. CJ Stroud is number one. Is he?
1: He's ahead of Puka. I think those bigger numbers you expect from an average week for a quarterback is a good week for a wide receiver, isn't it? Is... Jameer Gibbs in there? Jameer Gibbs is five. You have just one left, Ed, and you've got the full house. I'm For guess- listeners, oh, I know and it he's is- genuinely not looks at this either. I'm guessing. I it- just put his hand up. It is. <laughs> <laughs> is it Dalton Kincaid? It is not. Oh! No. Jordan Addison. Oh, yeah. Okay. So sorry. looking at CJ Stroud, top scoring rookie, a waiver pickup in most leagues, currently the QB nine. Pukunakua, definitely a waiver pickup in every single league. Yeah. Wide receiver 10. Jordan Addison, round 8-9, looking average in some of our leagues. Wide receiver, 13. Little shout out to the guy on Twitter who told me rookie wide receivers never make an impact in fantasy football. Not that I hold a grudge. Bijan Robinson, late round one pickup, RB9. The only one out of those that isn't giving you the value you drafted him to give. He's still a top 10 running back. Still a top 10 yeah, running yeah. back. Jameer Gibbs, round 3-4, running back 13. I think that's fair payback. If you so. weathered the storm earlier in the season where he wasn't getting points, but he looked phenomenal this week, he did, and we'll talk more about that later on
0: as well. So a little rookie checking head. Well, I would say until maybe three or four weeks ago, you you would say Nakua was nailed on for a sense of offensive rookie yes. year. Yes, but I would say CJ Stroud is massive odds on now for. I think it's switched round just in those two weeks. Hundred percent. I'd say nobody but CJ Stroud is going to get it now. Is CJ Stroud? In
1: the MVP conversation. Oh. If if, if he carries on the, the, the run of form, he's yeah. on, yes. I think he's, hundred. like we said this for about a few players, he's got to be in the conversation at least, hasn't he?
0: Well, especially when you think the likes of Mahomes, Hurts, Her, um, Jackson, who are all up there, have not been phenomenally relentless. You know, no. they have sown chinks and bad weeks, but, but yeah. And we I, spoke yeah. about this last year, And you
1: look at what most valuable player means, of all of those you've just mentioned, he has had the biggest impact on his roster. Definitely, yeah. Anyway, shall we get some more positives yet? It's time for everybody worldwide. As a fantasy football fan, your favourite time of the week on a fantasy football podcast. Let's do some heroes.
0: Fantasy heroes. Dak dwarfed the Giants' defence with a quarterback masterclass. QB 1, 3, 2 and 1 in his last four starts. A huge 38 points this week. Can you smell? Smash- what Brandon
1: was cooks in as he rusted up 173 yards and a touchdown from his nine receptions.
0: He was mint in week 10 as he hoovered in 11 receptions and a touchdown. CD Lamb was just shy of 40 points as he kept up his red hot fall. Brian was the
1: elite running back called Robinson this week. Running back one in week 10, turning eight carries and six
0: receptions into 27.7 fantasy points. Tight end one this week and the number one tight end in fantasy football. He's been relentlessly consistent. 30 points for TJ Hawkinson this week. Keenan Allen charged one hundred seventy-five yards
1: and two touchdowns from his 11 receptions this week as he tames the Lions on his way to being wide receiver one on the week. Ed, little question. Yes. I've been thinking about your pun. I say thinking about your pun for the listeners we spoke about this pun before we recorded any listeners at home did you make the link between the
0: mint and seedy lamb uh, have uh, a think (laughs) have a think you have mint sauce with lamb that that, 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 I thought I could have done like roast I I don't know but I liked my lamb mint one
1: Ed when it comes to our puns this week you are a zero I probably am but I tried that was our seamless segue for Fantasy zeros. Zach Moss has fallen off the saddle for the Colts
0: since Taylor's return, only one carry for two yards in Week 10. The bye did Law no favours as he plumbed the depth, his second lowest fancy score ever. Jahan Dotson
1: couldn't command any receptions as he scored a big, fat zero after teasing us that his time had
0: come. Oh, Delboy, Boy, you plonker. Henry had one of those weeks. 2.18 yards per carry as he rushed for just 24 yards. Miles Sanders, after only three points against the Bears, I can confirm you will not be a top five running back this season. and I'm sorry you've let us all down. Dalvin Cook is consistent, consistently rubbish. He did nothing against an insipid Vegas defence. Too many cooks spoil the broth. Dalvin is one too many for sure. Was was Del Boy, You Plonker any better? That was like an Only Fools and Horses reference. Don't get it. Oh, um, well, uh, he's Derek and Del Boy. He's Derek Trotter on on Only Fools and Horses. I think some people get that.
1: I live north of Birmingham. I'm a royal family man,
0: not, a, oh, well, I like royal uh, not family. only Fools and oh, Horses. Well, I'm, I, I tried. I'm, I'm just, I'm just going to say it factually. I'm not going to bother with the puns. If that's, that's going to be reaction. <laughs> it's very apparent you didn't bother this week. Anyway, let's get stuck into our other notables rather than
1: us bickering. So last night, Broncos 24, Bills 22. Russell Wilson have the game that we said the Bills might let him have because they're just not
0: the Bills at the minute, are they? No, and to be fair to the Broncos, we gave a lot of stick to them earlier in the season, didn't we, with Sean Payton? And Sean Payton's impact is starting to come through. I think we said that last week. And that was a great result for the Broncos. Oh, massive. Uh, Can I give you a a wonderful... I know you love a next-gen stat. I
1: love a next-gen stat.
0: This this really jumped off uh, the page for me. Russell Wilson's seven-yard touchdown pass to Cortland Sutton had a completion probability of 3.2% which is the most improbable completion of the next-gen stats era. Oh, love love an
1: era-defining
0: stats. Era-defining stats. Because the actual throw was from about 25 yards because he, yeah. he, he he got flushed out the pocket. They do a little graphic on next-gen yes. stats, don't they? And that shows the Maybe
1: was... we'll have a next-gen stats rundown in our intro to the show next week, maybe. Oh, it's been, there been there a goes. few weeks, hasn't it? Javante Williams had his biggest game of the season, involved in the running and passing game, including a passing touchdown. Cotton Sutton had another decent game, 16.3 points held by his touchdown, and he continues to offer decent flex value. We spoke about that a few weeks ago, whether he could and he seems to be. Dalton Kincaid was the shining light on the offense as well last night. Stefan Diggs hurt you this week if you were relying on any big points. If you went to bed last night hoping for 15-20 points from Diggs, nowhere close.
0: Luckily, I, I had um, Diggs and Gabe Davis in one league and luckily I only needed I didn't need monster scores from them, so I got just enough, but yeah, if you're expecting big points, you're in big trouble.
1: It was that token Latavius Murray game as well that you spoke yeah. about a few weeks ago, so we can shut him down for a month or so That's again. That's it,
0: yeah, drop him.
1: Panthers-Bears, boring game. Foreman doing a reasonable job. Uh, rule them out of relevance for a couple of weeks again, though. Kind of copy and paste for Murray. They have a big game. They'll go AWOL for a bit. Colts and Patriots, So we've already said, that was a really, really boring game to watch. Taylor, Stevenson, Zeke, Pittman, DeMario Douglas didn't let you down, but were better for fantasy scores than they were on the field. And they got there on volume. Colts' defence are the biggest scorers with 17 points. Tells you all you need That's to know.
0: That definitely is a, a telling stat.
1: Douglas, though, is making the most of Bourne being out. And TikTok Smith-Schuster looks been another roster he can't contribute to. It's a shame because so I've really got a soft spot for TikTok. Yeah,
0: you've always been a huge fan of him, yeah.
1: Devin Singletary, 23.1 points, had the game that I'd hoped for when I played him in DFS last week. I've realised I select really good DFS lineups a week early. <laughs> um, and I'll talk more about that shortly as well. Solid games from Stroud
0: and Borough for fantasy. We shall talk about them later, Edward. But the thing with Singletary that annoyed me: the Texans' rushing offense this year is think like he's thirty-first or thirty-second, yeah. and he looked—he had the freedom of Paycor. He just—he could look like he ran all over us.
1: Thirty touches as well, so his season high as well. So yeah, Very that's what you want—that volume, don't you? Mixon was okay, twelve point five, and every how white... many touches did Mixon have?
0: Eleven. Did he? Eleven touches. Lazy. And, <laughs> lazy. He is in great form, but they're not giving him the ball. Sorry, sorry, sorry. sorry. Okay. <laughs> Everyone, receive
1: got your solid numbers. Brown only played seventeen percent of leagues, and Irwin started in seven percent, including your DFS lineup pad. Yes,
0: I, I was four points off money in DFS. Trenton Irwin was basically a cheat code in DFS. I think he was about as cheap as you can be, three thousand. I think the seven percent of people that started
1: Trenton Irwin in their fancy lineups show that there are seven percent of fancy football players that are Bengals fans.
0: True, that's probably
1: fair. Because that yeah. was that was a, a wired in pickup. I think CMC's touchdown run is oh, over. That was quite sad actually. Yeah, I lo- it was one of the most interesting plays I've ever watched in the NFL. Because everybody knew exactly what was going to happen. And there was just a a really poor back at the back going like, oh, it's just me on CMC and I don't know where the ball's going. Uh, So yeah, sad to see that, but it was that rice smile in his eye. He was kind of going, yeah. But he still got, what, 20 odd points? Yeah, still had a great game. Yeah, yeah. All key 49ers did a job for you as well. Kittle had his second 20 plus game. Kittle had his second 20 plus point game in a row. He only seems to do that once a season from looking back at his stats as well. So watch out. Potentially be a bit of aggression there, but he just looks wide in. And when he's on one, you don't want
0: to bet against him, are you? I couldn't work out whether the 49ers were phenomenal or the Jags were awful. I think it was a bit of both. Definitely but a bit of both. 40, 49ers looked much, much more refreshed after the um, bye week.
1: Speaking of whom, every Jag not named Christian Kirk let you down. So Trevor Lawrence is yet to have a 20-plus point game for fantasy this year, a mark that he hit a third of his games last season with. And I think people were expecting to see that happen again or better this year, weren't they, when they drafted him so highly?
0: Yeah, well, like he was in the zeros. He was Q- he's QB 19, Trevor Lawrence. Yeah. And I think him and Burrow, I mean, Burrow, you could blame the injury for the early weeks. Yep. But he's certainly been more consistent since. But yeah, Lawrence is not having the season. I really thought that he was going to be yep, no, elevated into that top tier this year. So, yeah, a bit disappointing, especially recently. Dobbs did it again. Is he for real? He's got to be. He's got to be. He's, he's done it on two different teams. Th- yes, he's QB 7. Uh, I'm going to talk about him in uh, waiver wire later, but yeah, I think he is. Do you think that maybe we've been being too kind
1: to Kirk Cousins for all the all these years, and actually the Vikings have had a really good offense; they've just
0: needed someone else to throw the ball. I mean, yeah, could, is that could, harsh could, on Captain Kirk? I think it maybe is. I think he's a very serviceable quarterback, isn't he? And and Dobbs, well, Dobbs is. I'm going to steal my line for beat the waiver wire uh, later on. Dobbs is this year's Geno Smith. Oh. Isn't he? That's, yeah, can't argue that. Because we kept on saying yeah, that. we did. When's Gino going to go missing? Yep. When? And he didn't. And, and Dobbs is doing the same. And I imagine, though, that Kirk Cousins
1: is probably being Dobbs' biggest cheerleader as well. you expect it. I mean, he's, he's, he's very peppy. <laughs> he is. That's a great word. <laughs> Worries about Kamara were unnecessary. RB five on the season, even with three missed games.
0: We were saying at the start of the season, where is the running back we can rely on? He was suspended. Yeah. What was it when I, I got Tom to guess a couple of weeks ago and he was RB6 then? Yeah. Would, you, you'd assume 10, 12, but no, a phenomenal player. Only one game below 17
1: points and he was going mid to late round three in the earliest in drafts in the off season as well. Deal. Michael Thomas left with an injury and has potential disciplinary action looming. Um, I don't know enough about that to get stuck into it, so... In the interest of not being uh, done for slander, I, I won't make I any comments. I saw a
0: story. That's all I can say. If it was
1: obviously, if it was Deshaun Watson, I'd, I'd weigh, in, <laughs> weigh in with big licks. James Winston, he's back, and he is amazing for Chris Olave.
0: <laughs> Thank goodness, he's what I've been waiting for all season. But I think it's one half and done, isn't it? He's, I think Carr's going to be okay for I, next week. I like Derek Carr, <laughs> but I hope I want to see more
1: James Winston. He is very entertaining because I love watching a ridiculous sixty-yard reception followed by a ludicrous interception. (laughs) Um, Chris Olave had his career-high fancy game off the back of that, 22.4. Baker Mayfield had another good game, 19.32, as did Rashad White, 17.8. And Mike Evans brought in 26.3 points off his six receptions for 143 yards and one touchdown, and is up to 737 yards on the season. When did that happen? Mike Evans? Yeah.
0: Goodness
1: me. He's on his way to his thousand that we said he wouldn't get this year.
0: And he, he's clearly going to yeah, get it. Yeah, he'll do that
1: again. Cade <laughs> Otten was a sick candidate for us, but 22% of leagues out there ignored us. So you're welcome to your only three points. That'll teach you for not listening to the TH Fancy Football Boys. Because we're always right as well. As we've proven time and time <laughs> oh, <yeah>. again. we <laughs>
0: relentlessly right.
1: Chagosia McConquot has been disappointing this season. Tight end 27. He looked to have a clear route to being a top 12 tight end. I thought... But well, I think we both thought yeah, this definitely. just not happened. And it looks like crowning Will Levis as the next QB superstar He has been billed as like the next Tom Brady incarnate. May have been premature after his one good game. That's a shock of that. 6.96 points. But in his defence, the inefficiency he is showing is the inefficiency you expect from a rookie QB who the plan was to
0: sit for the year to learn the role. Yeah, and, and who isn't C.J. Stroud? L- let's be clear that yep. what C.J. Stroud is doing is not normal. No. <laughs> and I think this is the thing we've
1: said lots lots of times before. Fancy community, calm down. Think sometimes we can have an in-between all or nothing called something. Introduce yourself to something. And <laughs> we'll have certainly something at the minute. And I think he has got a potentially good career ahead of him. But he's going to have these teething problems. He's a rookie quarterback. And he hasn't really
0: got great weapons, has he?
1: No, I mean his arms are massive weapons. <laughs> yeah, they are. <laughs> very. I'm going down a little rabbit hole of in my infatuation with. <laughs> I'm going to stop talking. Bijan had a good game. Twenty-two carries with a season high and his second rushing touchdown of the season. Karla Murray looked decent. Another QB into the mix is a great thing this season. Eighteen point two six points QB eleven on the week. James looks like I need a bit more time to find his pre-injury form. Fair enough. He has been out for four weeks. Hollywood had a rough week. He was nearly in the mix for my zeros until I realized Jahan Dotson had done nothing. And he slipped out of the wide receiver two range with his fourth week of less than eight points in the last five. So he'll be hoping to have a return to form soon. Trey McBride was a go-to target and flashing his potential to be a solid tight end for fantasy. He could be worth targeting as a dynasty trade as well if you need to pick someone up at tight end. His target count had already been going up before Ertz's injury, someone we'd mentioned before to keep an eye on. With Ertz out, he's really taken advantage of that. He could be a useful tight end over the next few years in fantasy. Fingers crossed, because we could all do one of those. Lions Chargers. Points galore, I've written Ed. So Gibbs, Monty, and Eckler gave us points. So did St. Brown and Allen. Even Quentin Johnson had a fancy relevant game after his touchdown. Did a rubbish dance, uh, but he looks to be getting involved. They keep calling him Q, which I don't like. It's a very lazy nickname for someone with a name beginning with Q, isn't and, it, E?
0: And the, char- oh, very good. <laughs> and the Chargers lost again, didn't yeah. they? I mean, the Chargers, are, again, are having a poor season, aren't they?
1: If anybody had Dak, C.D. Lamb and Brandon Cooks, a DFS stack, you must have won comfortably. Unless you played that as your DFS stack last week. I've got my hand in the air. <laughs> In which case, you did nothing. So, yeah, I'm glad they didn't go for that this week and won
0: some DFS money. Well, well I had Dak and Lamb because you said, have them going forward. And I so know. I assumed you would have them. I
1: pivoted. The shares for them was rife across the board. So I pivoted to St. Brown and Goff instead to try to play different. Yeah, it worked out well for me. <laughs> Tommy DeVito
0: did all right. 14.54 points. What or- did Brian Dable say to him? Have you seen that clip? No. I think, is it after he thrown her an interception... And Brian Dayball's face and he says something to him. You can't work out what he's saying, but it isn't like, never mind, Tommy. <laughs> it's, it's, it's something a lot more sinister than that. So, I mean, with QB
1: scarce, if you had to start him, he didn't really hurt you. Saquon just can't get it done on that offence. I feel that Saquon is the sacrificial lamb. There, it's like watching a team playing against bigger boys and going, you want to take the ball, Saquon? I think they might hurt me. <laughs> yeah. So, he's, yeah, Saquon, I mean, he probably wished he'd not signed that contract and he'd gone elsewhere at this rate. The Cowboys running back one is called... <laughs> Rico Dowdle. Yeah, not, <laughs> not Tony Pollard, who is RB18 on the season and is really frustrating. his fancy managers. I'm glad I have zero shares in Tony Pollard. But since week four, he's just disappointed week after week after week. I'll talk about him more later on, though. Sam Howell targeted 11 players on Sunday. 11 players? 11 different players. He and Gino both had solid games, though, 23 and 24 points apiece. Brian Roberts had a great game, as already said, 27.7 points. Quietly worked his way to RB6 on the season as well. Gibson was also involved. Wide receivers less so, especially Dotson, who stunk the place up. We'll talk more about Commander's wide receivers later also. Tyler Lockett continues to have his top weeks scattered amongst concerning irrelevant weeks. But he got you 23.2 points this week off his eight reception and touchdown. He's making GSM work for his targets. Bobo season, I know you'll be sad to hear it, may well be over already. I
0: think we had a little bit of Bobo and that's all we're going to get.
1: Yeah, a little bit of Bobo. It was enough for us all. Garrett Wilson had another good week as well. Adams, Conklin and Meyer all did a job quietly for you. Conklin, though, a good week for him because it was a low week for Titans. He was tight end four
0: this week. That's it, Ed. No more games to talk about, are there? Uh, there's one more Mark and I no think that you, need, you need to talk about no it <laughs> come on come on you need to talk about it I know it's sad Deshaun Watson had a fair week <laughs> um,
1: Jackson only 15 points in the Ravens Bengals disappointment I think is best way to describe it Ravens threw that game away oh um, yeah they quite should have clearly. It comfortably Jackson we've said before 15 doesn't finish your week off but it's not what you're hoping for either Ford, Hunt, and Edwards were okay. They got you some points on that you needed. Mitchell paid back some of that fab for his limited snaps as well. We'll talk about him more later. Amari Cooper had another good game, 15.8. And so did Elijah Moore. I am more than happy to say when Elijah Moore has had a bad game, he had a good game, 15.4. His best game since week 13, 2021. Wow. And it was only 15.4 points. That says a lot. Flowers saw the most targets in a quiet game for Andrews. Although we did say that the Browns were good against tight ends, so that accounts for that a little bit. I'm still waiting on that big game for Zay Flowers that feels close. I'm really hoping we get that in the next couple of weeks. Finally, another touchdown, another dance for OBJ. I know you love a bit of OBJ dancing. Tyreek Hill, his tweet, though, directed towards OBJ, was, yeah, they finding people for that buddy. Nice to know they call each other buddy. It's and friendly. nice to know that Tyreek Hill is becoming more aware of what the NFL will try to make money from their players on. <laughs> By weeks this week, then players were without Falcons, Colts, Patriots, Saints. Sure, the Patriots will really hurt us in that (laughs) regard. And Thursday night football is the Bengals against the Mighty Ravens. TH Fancy Derby. Move those players out of your flex spots. Choose some injuries, Ed. Were there many this week? Well, I'm going to start with the Ravens. We finish with them. Ronnie Stanley, not a player you can have rostered in fancy, but the Ravens left tackle. Him potentially being out again. We saw that impacted the Ravens offense last season. So that could impact those players as a whole. So he might be out Thursday? Potentially, yes, Well, we've, which we've is good news we, we, for the I Bengals. Think we've got Trey
0: Hendrickson out, so it, it almost evens out, like two really important players.
1: Deshaun Watson was in a walking boot. I'm adamant this is just because he's trying to show us he's a superstar and he's a hero. And he Every week really there's some,
0: there's some, he's, he's wandering up the sidelines, looking a little bit partly. I think he, he re, he's just going, look, I could really do with a massage. Honestly, I'm really
1: hurt. <laughs> he says he'll be fine for week 11, though. That was a joy for all of us. Gerald Everett, Chargers tight end, left with a back injury player that still gets picked up here and there in lineups. Alexander Mattison left with a concussion. I'm assuming that's worse than it first looks because Miles Gaskin is back in the practice squad for the Vikings. Are you going to be picking up uh, Miles Gaskin?
0: Uh, no, but Ty Chandler might be. Here. i yep. will talk about him later.
1: Derek Carr, right shoulder injury and concussion. We seem to be talking about Derek Carr's shoulder a lot over recent weeks. Michael Thomas, knee injury. We've had no updates so far. Baker Mayfield, right, Ed? Don't giggle at this. He hurt his thumb on his helmet. Hey. <laughs> there we go. And Aaron Rodgers plans to be back by mid-December. A little bit of a uh, good that. About
0: news. I saw that. Surely not. Surely not. He, his knee was absolutely destroyed. That's how little trust he has for Zach Wilson. <laughs> yes, I assume he's going to be doing it in a wheelchair. My knee's not quite working, but I'm better than you, Zachy boy. Robert Sullivan is very happy with Zach Wilson. He thinks he's doing a really good job, apparently. He's,
1: I imagine he's giving lots of ad-boys. then when they get behind him, he's going, You're an idiot. You're a stupid idiot, Zach. <laughs> Jefferson and A Chan may be back. A Chan, from what I'm reading, may be less likely. He's in that 21 day practice window. But if he is activated, despite being back off the injury, it's a favorable matchup against the Raiders. So he could be a Forgot top about decision. A-chan.
0: Forgot about him.
1: I've not, because I've got him in all over the place, sat my IR. <laughs> So they are the players we're gonna to have to make do without. Should we talk about some players that we're going to advise you to be without? Let's get negative. Seats of the week. I've done the same as last week then. I'm looking at the teams that are giving up the fewest fancy points against each position and giving you a rundown of the players there. So running backs, Eagles have got the chiefs. they're giving the fewest points to fancy running backs. Pacheco, still probably a risky flex at best. Once again, we know you've not got a wealth of running backs at your disposal. you probably have to play them anyway. The Bucs, second-best against fantasy running backs. They've got the 49ers. Would you uh, restart in CMC?
0: Oh, no, I'd bench him, yeah. especially if you're playing against me. So, <laughs> CMC and then nobody else, though.
1: Eli Mitchell is going to get it done. Carl Juszczyk is having the odd fantasy-relevant game as well. Um, I had to play him in our 2014 league the other week, and he won me the week. Mm. Um, so, I've kept him just in case I need him. Falcons, third-best against fantasy running backs. So they're on their bye. Wide receivers. Still the best team against fancy wide receivers because no points happen in their games ever at the Jets. <laughs> Bills, obviously you're starting, Diggs, but there's question marks there. You're not going to bench him, though, are you? I would bench Davis. I would bench Shakir. Davis, I think, is one of my more frustrating fantasy players. I have lots of shares in as well. He does my head in, to be blunt. <laughs> Cowboys, have got the Panthers. Maybe bench Grandpa Thielen?
0: Yeah, I think possibly. I mean, I know he's been, but he's had a quite couple of weeks, yeah. Thielen, hasn't he? I feel bad for saying it, but if you've got Thielen, you should have good
1: depth elsewhere as well. So you maybe at least consider it. Maybe limit those expectations for flex play, though. Not the mega weeks of old this season. Definitely bench Chark. Definitely bench Mingo, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Browns got the Steelers. Johnson is a risky flex and I've no confidence in pickings at the best of times like i against the Browns. He's got a little bit grumpy recently. Hasn't he has pickings? He feels Ooh, he's I'd not... like some targets. Yeah, we'll catch please him, target then. me. Say you will catch <laughs> something. Maybe put your feet down when you're in your end zone. Yeah, idiot. Tight ends. <laughs> Browns are the best against fancy tight ends. Frymuth is due back. I wouldn't start him if he is back this week. Titans, solid as well. Second against fancy tight ends. Engram may be worth the risk, but... Ten points, I think, will be his absolute ceiling this week, really. Engram can always get something done on those random games, can't he, though? Steelers, once again, the Browns, maybe not an Njoku
0: week as well. Potentially consider dropping him. Who are you considering? Well, I, th- I thought we should we should make a moment of this. Okay. He, he was mentioned earlier on. I think it's now time to finally say Miles Sanders... It's been emotional, but we're going to have to I, draw... I can't bench Myles Sanders. <laughs> we'll have to draw a line. I've dropped, yeah. I've dropped him. from several well, rosters. I, I've, I've stuck by him in the leagues where I've got him, mainly in leagues where you, you mustn't be involved in, because so you have yeah. him in every <laughs> other league. Um, and I'm admitting defeat. And yeah, I don't think it's a case of benching him. I think it's a case of dropping him. Yeah. It's really quite sad. Shuba um, Hubbard is now RB1 in, in what's a poor Carolina offence. I think yeah. that's part of the problem, isn't it? Carolina have been maybe worse than we expected. Sanders' snap percentage is low. And he, he rushed for, I mean, I didn't, I, did you say this in, in your stat, for minus five yards this hey, week? Good not it? <laughs> minus five <laughs> yards. Um, he's finished. I'd also, this week, be very wary about starting Chubb Hubbard against the Cowboys, who absolutely eat running backs for breakfast. So I think Carolina running backs this week are a no-go area, and Sanders, it, you know, it, it's been emotional, but that's the end.
1: No, unfortunately, Ed, I agree. Uh, something that I got quite wrong. I do apologise to our listeners. <laughs> oh my the path was—I thought fell by chair. The path just- <laughs> was there, though, wasn't it? I don't I've ever heard every you single say. data point. I thought he would be a solid RB one, and yes, it was my hot take that he could be a top five. But it was a hot take for Jake. The the path to be better. Was quite an easy path to take. He's gone down a mad track. I don't know where he's gone. <laughs> um, speaking of more accountability, though, I said last week to bench all Giants not named Saquon. I should have just said all, all Giants. giants. Uh, Henry was quiet, maybe more so than predicted. And Adams, we said, was still worth the play in a non favourable matchup. And he was worth not sitting 14.6 against the best defence against fancy wide receivers as well. Hopefully we see something better from Adams moving forward. This week's QBs, though. First best defence against QBs is the Ravens. I think you're going to start Burrow in most situations. But if you've got Joe Burrow, the way he started the season, chances are you've also got a QB2 option at Mm. your disposal. Four players, I thought, a reasonable suggestion you could have on your bench was your QB2. And I would like you to say who, whether you would play them or Burrow are oh, Stroud, who has the Cardinals. Would you play Burrow or Stroud? Because
0: of the matchup, Stroud. Goff, who has the Bears. Burrow or Goff? Again, looking at matchups, you've got to say Goff, really. Another one, a player you genuinely could have on your bench if you have Burrow. Howell against the Giants. D- is the Giants' defense horrendous? Or, or do they, they're just low scoring games? Is their defense okay? They shipped a lot of points. Is it 48, nearly 50 burger oh, against the Cowboys? Cowboys. Um, I, I think I would put trust in Burrow because I don't think Burrow's going to have a disastrous game. I think he will make things happen. Um, So I'd probably go Burrow there.
1: And finally, something I didn't think would ever be a close conversation Dobbs against the Broncos. Um, We've spoken
0: about the Broncos are getting things getting done Getting better. Again. again, that'd be a tight one. I mean, because of the weeks that he's had, I might lean towards Dobbs there, possibly. I think with, when I talk about the rushing
1: upside as well, I think Dobbs could be. But yeah, on paper, I thought, well, you still start Burrow. There's a lot of situations I wouldn't start him, potentially. Yeah,
0: I think I've got him with Gino in a league, and I think I'm going to start Gino ahead of him this week. I just Just because your defence has been, you know, so relentless... Um, Second-best defense against quarterbacks, the Browns. They've got the Steelers. I can't imagine you're going to think
1: about starting pick anyway. 49ers have got the books. I think this would be a rock in the road for Baker's good run for fantasy, so he could be worth a sit as well. Right, show a little break, I Wouldn't hear from Malcolm.
0: Fantasy football is all about collecting the best roster of players, so why not assemble your roster at home with some help from State Stateside Sports? With over 30 sports trading card products in stock right now, stateside sports is the best place to grab the latest releases in sports trading cards collect autographs of your favorite stars rookie cards of the hottest prospects and rare super short print cards to make your collection as unique as your fantasy team start your search the best way possible visit statesidesports.co.uk now
1: starts of the week most fancy points against. So, Broncos have got the Vikings and they are giving up the most points against fancy running backs. We've just said about Josh Dobbs. The running back landscape is muddy in Minnesota. Mattison might be back in time. It's not sounding likely with Gaskin being signed to the practice squad. Ty Chandler is always a risky play. Dobbs' rushing upside is what I think could come into play here in this game, which is why I think I would probably have gone for Dobbs over Burrow in that situation as well. Um, Also in the running back landscape, Panthers have got the Cowboys. Tony Pollard, this is your time to do it. Or I think he will be in that Miles Sanders bracket. Well, no, not Dropper. That's that's perhaps Harshke is getting some points, but where he has been. Considering where he was drafted, a bust fancy this year. I think he, he's
0: got to it this week. Yeah, he, he's a bust already. You'd say, wouldn't he? Even if he recovers and has a decent. The
1: problem was, him. is even when Dak had left the field in the fourth quarter, thought, oh, this is just Pollard's time to gobble up carries now. Nope, let's still just keep funneling targets towards CD Lamb <laughs> and make him have a monster game. Cardinals are the third worst against running backs. They've got the Texans. Roll with Singletary again. Not really any other choice, I think, in those circumstances. He could be another good DFS player this week if his price is right. Wide receivers. We said before, Eagles, the worst against fancy wide receivers. Play Rashi Rice. The others are too unpredictable. Although Kelsey is a tight end, I think in this situation you count him as just a receiver. So he should have a big game too. Once again, you've got Kelsey, you're starting him anyway. Commanders, got the Giants. Not risking it. Maybe Wondell Robinson. If you. Absolutely have to. I'm not risking any other wide receiver there, though. Once again, if you've got Wondo Robertson, you'd like to think you've got better depth. You could avoid having to play him, though. Giants got the commanders. McLaurin should be a good play. Dotson needs to have a good game. Or I'm going to fall out with him. Hard to risk him, though, really, in that situation. I think you would be asking questions of playing somewhere Where Most points against Titans. Broncos got the Vikings. You should always play in anyway. Texans got the Cardinals. Trey McBride continues to be a solid play. And the Bears got the Lions. Hopefully, a return to big points for Sam Laporta. That'd be nice. A couple of down weeks, but you're playing Sam Laporta anyway. Quarterbacks. Commanders have got the Giants. If you're in absolute dire straits and you're in a super flex league with injuries, you might roll the dice on Tommy DeVito, but don't expect anything from him. Chargers got the Packers. Love is still probably good for 17 to 18 points anyway. Uh, We know the Chargers have given up big points, but Love just isn't convincing at the moment. And then Eagles got the Chiefs. You never not play them homes. So not a great deal helped you with on your starts for quarterbacks there. But I do have one up my sleeve when you finished yours, Ed.
0: Who are you looking at? I just think you should have a look at your Minnesota Vikings wide receivers, especially with Dobbs in the form that he's in. Now, there was rumours JJ would be back this week. Talking about this week, I'm not convinced. I think they might might keep him on the bench, uh, keep him on IR for another week. So have a look at KJ Osborne and Brandon Powell. I mean, on the face of it, Wide receiver 51 and wide receiver 85, they don't hold much value. But with JJ still doubtful, I think potentially in week 11, they've got that matchup against the Broncos who are improving but have been giving up points. Osborne was out with a concussion last week, but he's he's expected to be back. Uh, likely to get you at least 10 points. Uh, Brandon Powell's snap percentage has rocketed in JJ's absence, but he's got quite a low ceiling, I'd say. Um, four receptions and five targets uh, are his absolute peak. So don't expect wonders from either of them. But I just wonder if you should maybe have a think about starting them this week. Final
1: pick from me. So, of course, I've got a course has got of favourite matchup, and you might not be playing him. In, in some leagues, isn't still rostered. Brock Purdy. After four interceptions in two games, he found himself on the waiver wire quite a lot. But since then, and since those losses to the 49ers, he bounced back in style. So 19 completions for 296 yards and three touchdowns. Surprisingly, when he's got his fully loaded offense back, he gets big points. And the books have conceded big points against those high-power passing offenses as well. So you would expect Brock Purdy to have a big game. So he's definitely my start of the week this week.
0: Moving on. Fire from the wide. So most of these plays we've already dis- uh, discussed briefly so far, but these are the plays that are going to be available on Fire From The Wire. Noah Brown is very much the hot property in fantasy football. After two stellar weeks, he's been wide receiver three and wide receiver six after doing virtually nothing before that. The Bengals secondary seemed to forget that he was playing, yep. uh, which was quite nice. Uh, he's ha- he got seven of eight receptions for 172 yards, which was nearly 25 yards per catch. Pretty impressive. He's only 38% rostered. Get him if you can, Yeah, is basically my advice. We've alluded to him a couple of times. Ty Chandler at the Vikings. Mattison's down with concussion. Will he clear protocol? The, the noise is coming out of that he won't. I mean, that's the only way Ty Chandler gets a significant workload. I mean, obviously, Akers is down as well. He's unlikely to be involved as a pass catcher, Ty Chandler. So don't expect anything like that from him. But he should be a factor against Denver even if Mattison recovers. He's 15% rostered, so likely to be available, but I don't I don't know. Don't expect much from him. Would no, you agree? I wouldn't at all. Well. Devin Singletree. Now, he ran all over the Bengals. As I said, 30 carries for 150 yards and a touchdown, but the Texans' rush offence is one of the poorest in the league. Well, it was before they played the Bengals. Is this performance from Singletree an outlier? That's the question I'd, I'd, I'd ask. Don't get carried away. He's not broken nine fantasy points before this week. So, you know, he's not. Is that his breakout or is that just an outlier? He's rostered in 54% of the leagues. He might have been higher. Yeah. So, you you know, um, the chances are that, you know, 50 50, isn't it, that he might be available? Uh, Josh Jobs, uh, he is the real deal. He's quarterback seven overall. Uh, As I said earlier, I've stole my line this year's (laughs) Gino. Uh, I don't think he's going to drop off. Uh, He's got two great matchups coming as well before he's by. He's got Denver and then Chicago. So two great weeks for Josh Dobbs. He's got a
1: half-decent wide receiver joining him soon again, hasn't he?
0: Oh, what's his name? Justin. Something, something. Yeah. Something Justin. He's still rostered in 58% of leagues. uh, And there aren't many quarterbacks who start ahead of him right now in fantasy. So uh, definitely... Can we say that my guy has finally come, has. Good. We did finally say, come good? We did say to bear with him. Yeah, so he's finally come good. His lowest snap percentage of the year, but he was targeted 10 times and holding nine for 173 yards and touchdown. Brandon Cooks, my guy, finally comes good. But a bit like Singletree, is this an outlier? Because he's not done anything else this season. He's... But he, looking back on the other side, he's had three touchdowns in four weeks, so he's, it's like he's starting to warm up. As Dak's starting to warm up, maybe a canny pickup um, as the as the Cowboys, you know, really look to be hitting their top stride. He's only rostered in forty eight percent of league.
1: We spoke when you made him your my guy that I wasn't quite as in because I was more in on Michael Gallup. Yes, my money's on Cooks now. Yes, Gallop, I think Cooks it,
0: definitely. And last but not least, we've talked about uh, Rico Dowdle. Was it, he a uh, Napoleon Dynamite? such a great name, <laughs> yeah. isn't it? There are some great names uh, in, in fantasy, well, in NFL. But, I mean, is he worth a, a speculative pickup? He outplayed Pollard, and he looked pretty explosive doing so. 12 carries for 79 yards and a touchdown. I mean, it was garbage time yeah. when he got his touchdown. He's not going to get a high snap percentage. They'll, they'll continue to persist with Pollard, um, and Pollard is very much RB1. But he's only rostered in 6% of leagues. They're likely to be available and you might be desperate.
1: He's someone that I would view in the exact same way I viewed my pick, which is Keaton Mitchell, last week. So I'm revisiting Keaton Mitchell because he's still available in 51% of leagues. He was only rusting 3% last week, so that's a, that's huge, a huge jump. jump. Yeah. Still available in 13% of dynasty leagues. Now, we all, always speak about sometimes that you never get above 9% when they redraft because people aren't as active and they're not using it. If you're in a dynasty league, you would expect that's with people that are active and have got the finger on the pulse. If he's available in dynasty, pick him up. Yeah. It seems like a clear choice. Now the reason I'm revisiting is because I said last week I couldn't make out if it was a real deal or not. So I, I did a lot of reading about him. If anything I saw Ketovich was named attached to. I had a little listen to as well. I've not heard anything negative, and it purely people talk about the technical ability that he displayed as well. He only had three carries this week, but he was questionable midweek because he had a hamstring injury. So he sat out uh, training on Wednesday. But the key thing, and this is something that I paid attention to, especially on his touchdown run, and you heard the commentary team talking about, and I heard spoke about it in the week, is his cuts. So when you look at that change direction, when you look at that misdirection when he's trying to lose a back, when you look at how he then, that change direction to straighten up and move on, is technically absolutely brilliant, and that was something I heard a lot of people talking about this week. So that shows that when you've got solid technique, it's not just power and good fortune. And we have seen that from one or two breakout backs before. They're just big. They catch a couple of breaks. They look electric. yet get that hand. He seems to be more than that. So if he is still available, definitely pick him up. Would and- you, so
0: are you saying that he's worth a pick up? Well, let's let's talk redraft. Yep, a trade. You know, trade deadlines are probably approaching is he worth a pickup is he worth a trade
1: i don't think you'll get much by the way of trades at this stage people might think he's got that really high ceiling so they're going to want a lot for him and he still represents that risk yeah Wave a pickup absolutely what who else have you got sat on your bench that has the potential to be a really good touchdown back on a high-powered offense who like to run the ball
0: yeah true I, I, I think from my perspective, I'd just be a bit wary. Like he's going to, I don't think he, he's not RB1, is he? Uh, no, it's
1: going to be a 1A, 1B with Edwards. Yeah. I think he's hes clearly above Justice Hill in the depth chart now, but I don't think he, he'll have lead weeks. It'd be the same as I said to Gus, with Gus Edwards. They'll both have big weeks if you are struggling in a flex spot. I think he's going to be worth it. Well, I hope he has an absolutely horrible week this week. I'm hoping he has a mega week. (laughs) Um, Checking on C.J. Stroud, now 89% rostered, 11% up on last week. We're getting there, Ed. I think that's more reasonable now. Kyler Murray, though, only 74% rostered at time of recording. He looked far better than I expected. I think as many people expected him to. Said He's definitely worth picking up as well. He could be
0: a difference maker late in leagues, couldn't he? Fantasy Basics.
1: For Fancy Basics, this week we have a guest on. We have Mystic Mark Watson. Oh, I love guests. Yes, yeah, so um, what we're going to do now is, I'm not going to do any talking, I'm going to throw straight to me, talking to Mark, about tight ends. You ready, Ed? Yes. Settle in. <laughs> so welcome to Fields Fancy, Fancy Basics, our first guest of the season. We have a Mystic Mark Watson, It's being billed over on the DFS show. How are we doing, Mark?
2: Not too bad, mate. How are you?
1: Yeah, good, thank you. Uh, We are talking tight ends this week, aren't we?
2: We are indeed the most disrespected position in fantasy football, in my opinion.
1: Yeah, so we're going to go through a few points thinking about, I mean, there's been seasons where we'll have all landed a tight end that we're really happy with in the draft, and then you ride that tight end until the end apart from your bye week. And then there's other seasons where I think I've had predominantly in most leagues where you are constantly streaming someone until you think you've landed on someone that's going to serve you well, and then it all goes wrong again. Quite, quite often, anyway. But I mean, the the key man is obvious for everyone who's tuning in is Travis Kelsey. And when we're thinking about where he's been going over the last couple of years, he's been going mid to late first round. Is that about right for a player like Travis Kelsey in our redraft, uh, fancy drafts in the off season?
2: Well, I in the um start with, with best ball actually in the JTT Cup I took him first round I think I took him fourth um mm. partly just because he he's historically been in a bracket of his own he is Kelsey then there's every other tight end underneath and I, I do think that, that gap is kind of shrinking as the seasons go on that the modern day tight ends are essentially glorified wide receivers look at the numbers they put up I, I think as you say with the tight ends there's the whole Every week, you kind of feel like you need to stream a new one because you never know who's going to go off and who's going to completely flop. And one week, Taysom Hill will just play quarterback and, and who knows <laughs> who you're picking where. But then we don't do that with wide receivers. We don't pick a Rashi Rice and then next week, drop him and bomb him out the out the team. But there seems to be a bit of a stigma around tight ends that if they fail one week, they go in onto the rubbish heap and we, we pick another one. And I think perhaps it's time to, to be a bit more long-sighted in the tight end position.
1: Absolutely. And when you say Travis Kelsey and then everyone else, I've had a look back over the last four seasons. Uh, so from 2019 onwards, and I've looked at where he sits as a pure receiver. So if we just classified wide receiver and tight as receivers, regardless of what they actually build as, he would have been 2019, the receiver nine, 2022, receiver five, 2021, receiver 10, and 2022, receiver five. I would say, up until the last couple of years, he's not been drafted like that. Much more into the mix of the wide receiver twos on the billion, I think. But when you say, and then everyone else, in 2019, he was tight end one, 30 points above second place. So he's averaging just under two points a game better than everyone else. In 2020, 45 points above second place. So nearly three points a game better off. The only season over the last four he's not been tight end one was when Mark Andrews had an absolute phenomenal season. He was 40 points behind Mark Andrews, but 60 points above third place. So nearly four points more a game than the next tight end on the bill. And then last season, 111 points ahead of the second place tight end. So you're just looking at massive, massive numbers there. And some of that for him is the reliability. He misses one or two games at most any season. As you said, where, where does that value go? Fourth pick, when you think about the bonus he's given you at tight end, it's worth it, isn't it?
2: Yeah, 100%. The, especially last year, you'd look at who you were lined up against that week. And if they had Travis Kelsey, you just put it down as a loss straight away because you knew that guy's going to run away with it, score your opposition 40 points and that's you blowing out the water. Um, and obviously me drafting him fourth was kind of hoping that would happen this season. And admittedly, it hasn't quite. But but talking at the stats and whatnot, I had to look at the overall fantasy points um, with everyone in the pile at once, including quarterbacks, running backs, wide receivers, whatever. Mark Andrews and Travis Kelsey separately this season so far, I've got more points than Amon Ra St. Brown, Joe Mixon, Jacoby Myers, Michael Pittman. Stevenson, Pollard, Barkley, DeVonta Smith. The list goes on and on. There's there's players there. amon Ras St. Brown is a a second round pick, perhaps third round. Joe Mixon. Yes, he had a few monster weeks last last year, but um he's certainly a third fourth round pick. There's some big big names in there. Tony Pollard I think was going 7th or 8th in some drafts. Yep. And you've got Mark Andrews who went much 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 later off the board, putting up more points than them.
1: Did you enjoy doing some learning about tight ends?
0: I, I did. I mean, I find it an absolutely fascinating position, tight end. And so it's just interesting hearing you guys talk about strategy and, and what, what you do. And yeah, I, I found that really interesting.
1: So that's the first five minutes of what ended up being around 18, 20 minutes of us talking. So originally, we set out to record five minutes for the show. We'll put that as a mini pod on Sunday to give some bonus listening to as well. Um, the I, part-
0: I think Mystic Mark undersells him because... That suggests that he you know, you take a punt and he's just guessing, but he's he's very knowledgeable, yeah, it's not Mark. A, if any of you are uh, kind of grew up, grew up in the
1: nineties, <laughs> is that a reference to Mystic Meg when the we had some some woman sat on thing pretending to be a sort of witch, sort was of fortune it, was it teller. To the
0: national lottery? Yeah, predicting he's he gonna win the lottery. <laughs> yes.
1: Basically it was someone
0: making stuff up on telly and getting yes. paid for it. Yes, uh, Mark is very much more fact based. Yes, definitely.
1: But definitely worth a listen, especially when we get stuck into some of the rookie tight end numbers as well. Uh, I found it interesting to research. Hopefully you'll find it interesting to listen to. Got a couple of more guests lined up over the next couple of weeks as well and that will be how we're going to approach the fancy Basics section. So you're looking forward to some more learning from some of our wise members of the fancy community who are going to give us their time, Ed.
0: There are so many of them out there.
1: What you could do with Mystic Mark doing though, Ed, is picking your choices for... Fantasy Props, pistol. Versus Ed. Last weekend, what was your prop to me? Oh,
0: um, I can't, it, it, well, the prop was basically choose between Stroud and Burrow, and you literally got your perfect week in that the Bengals lost and Burrow got more fancy points. <laughs> could, I, was, I, I think that just compounded my misery on Sunday. The stuff dreams
1: are made of. Yeah. So Stroud 20.04, Burrow 21.88. The one thing I was very happy with is that we said last week, Burrow felt like getting a 22 to 24 point week. Stroud felt like he get an 18 to 20 point week. We were pretty much about bang on. I was quite happy with that. Well, you
0: say we, that was you, Mark. So that's—I was giving us both some credit. So I am now 8-2 up. It's all over. So I'm purely... I'm
1: going to still try. I'm purely just picking things for fun now, just my own amusement. After last week when I banged on about the Ravens for majority of the show, I've kept this a bit quiet, I'm going to bring the TH Derby, the Bengals with Ravens game on Thursday Night Football into the equation this week. I'm going to give you a simple yet infuriating choice, Edward. Bengals or Ravens. And you will get the points for top-scoring QB. So assuming a quarterback went out, it would be the highest-scoring quarterback. So most likely Burrow Lamar. Top two-scoring running backs. The top two-scoring wide receivers. So you might get to make use of Trenton Irwin again. Hmm. Tight end, kicker, and defense. So for those running back and wide receivers, you don't have to choose who those will be. You automatically get the top two scorers at that position. So
0: your choice is a simple one, Ed. Would you like to take the Bengals or the Ravens? Um, I don't. I'm not massively confident. I I, I think the Texans' performance really floored me for the Bengals because we were poor on both sides of the ball. Really disappointing on defense uh, as well as the offense, bar a couple of decent drives. Ravens. I mean, I I don't. I said to you this week, Ravens should be ten and zero. You know, the three games they've lost. They should have won. And it's not like, you know, they just, you know, they, they, they were a bit unlucky or whatever. No, they, they dominated those three games to an extent.
1: Would you like to hear a very interesting statistic about that run and you saying that they should be 10-0? The least time spent trailing in the first 10 games of a season over the last 40 years. The 1984 Dolphins, 40 minutes, 46 seconds, started 10-0. and the 1998 Broncos, 27 minutes and seven seconds, started 10-0. and 0. The third shortest amount of time spent trailing over the first 10 games are the 2023 Ravens. 28 minutes, 46 seconds, only over 10 games, 7-3. and three. Next up, the 1990 Giants, 10-0. 2007 Patriots, 10-0. and 0. Yeah, so, yeah, so it's fine margins. The, the team that regularly beat the Ravens are the Ravens at
0: the minute. True. Anyway, back to your pick. Um, The stadium, like, um, what was the other stat I sent you this week? In road games, in primetime road games, Bengals, since 2013, I think, is the year, are and 14 or something like that. Basically, (laughs) they are awful. Like, primetime at home recently, Paycor has been an absolute fortress, you know, beating the Bills there the other week. So, basically... I'm going to go for the Ravens because... That's a very long way to get yeah, to making because, that
1: upsetting because, decision. Uh,
0: yeah, if, if the Bengals lose, I at least have some tiny little bit of solace. But I, I, I can't see us... We've got to we've got to improve so much to compete against you.
1: I am not looking forward to Friday when I know I'm going to have to go dark on all social media and everything to avoid seeing it so I can watch it when I get home.
0: Well, you'll be able to tell. I'll be grinning like I won't a cheche cat.
1: Right, Let's make some money! Sunday Night Bet Club. Last week went for a little bit of late night over-under. So, Falcons-Cardinals, we were both absolutely certain, would be under their line of 42.5. They were over 48, yeah, so we lost yeah. Lions-Chargers, we were confident they would go over. Didn't <laughs> think they would go 30 points over. Yeah. So, 48.5, they hit an over of 79. If the over had been 70... I'd probably still have gone over, to be honest. Commander Seahawks, we weren't sure. This one we were really deliberating over. However, they comfortably hit the over. A line of 45.5, they went 55. Jets, Raiders, obviously hit the under. And Cowboys, Giants, obviously hit the over, which we're quite confident on as well. So that didn't come in, unfortunately. Not bad. I'm gonna bring an old friend back, though. Our traditional and most favorite bet of Sunday Night Bet Club. The Red Zone
0: Accumulator.
1: So for the Red Zone Accumulator, all of those games on the six o'clock slate on Red Zone, and we're simply just gonna pick our winner, Ed. So Cardinals, Texans, Cardinals 2.65, Texans 1.50. Remember they are decimal odds, so if you put a pound on and the line is 1.50, you get £1.50 1.50 back. So Cardinals or Texans? Texans. Same. So Giants 5.0, Commanders 1.18, I mean, I'm comfortably going Commanders on there. The line,
0: though. Yeah, I was surprised just how hot favourites Commanders were. I mean, I agree. I think they'll win, but yeah, I think that those odds are a bit harsh. Another easy one. Cowboys 1. Cowboys.
1: <laughs> Panthers five point two again. Cowboys. Bears four point eight zero. Lions
0: one point two. Yeah, I think you have to go with favourites there again. Lions.
1: Yep. Steelers two point six five. Browns one
0: point five zero. Now. I've gone for the Browns uh, here, but it was one that I deliberated over. I could I could quite easily see the Steelers winning.
1: I went for the Steelers because one of those games where I just think the Browns will undo themselves after a good game and the Steelers will grind out a really gritty Mike Tomlin victory. So also the odds swayed me, 2.65. Yeah. I couldn't, couldn't turn my nose up at. Titans, 3.45. Jags, 1.30. Yeah, Jags looked awful, but surely they've got enough to beat the Titans. I can't see them doing that again. I agree. And another close one, Why I deliberated
0: over, and I know you did too, Chargers 1.6, Packers 2.38. Yeah, I think I've gone with Chargers, but I don't feel confident because the Chargers have just been, I don't know, disappointing this season. They, I just think they've got way more weapons than the Packers. So even in Lambeau, I, I think the Chargers will win.
1: Yeah, I think I'm agreeing on that, but that could go either way. So lots of obvious picks there. So it felt like a bit of an easier slate to predict in places. It did, yeah. And that's why I went for that Steelers to boost it so they were a decent odds. So I've got odds of 13.80 and your odds with the Browns come in as 10.9. Oh, okay.
0: Still worth putting a 10 on each of them. Maybe, yeah. I don't have a tenner, Mark. I'm you know, very okay, poor. I'll find you a tenner. <laughs> I've uh, still had no money from state sports. state sports. <laughs> sports It's <laughs> yeah. not coming, has it, that no, money?
1: No. Uh, we'll see if Planteen Stokes can sort that out for us. So thank you very much for listening in once again. Keep your ears out for Fancy 5 dropping later in the week and then also our Fancy Basics mini-pod as well. Have you had a lovely weekend recording? I've had a nice week recording. Um, hoping that NFL will bring joys this week. I hope it does not. I hope you are sad, sad, sad come Friday morning. Anyway, until then, Malcolm, take us home. You have been listening to Pestle and
0: Egg of TH Fantasy Football. For more content, follow TH underscore fantasy underscore NFL on Instagram and Twitter.